0: Good afternoon, everybody. This is the State News Podcast with Steven Oshansky, and as always, I'm joined by Casey Harrison. This is another beautiful Friday. It's probably another hot one. We're taping on a Thursday. Too hot. It's a good Thursday night, uh, start of the NFL season. We'll get into that a little bit later. But on uh, a Friday afternoon, it's probably another hot one. Uh, doesn't really tell you much about the college experience other than you get to sleep in uh, if you got one of those old dorms, you get to sleep in just sweltering heat all night, and then even if you gotta get some of the old dorms up in north neighborhood, and then if you got go to class up there. It's another hot one.
1: Yeah, let me tell you. I had to ride my bike to the old horticulture building, um, and that building is as old as time itself. Doesn't have any air conditioning there. Oh no, not uh, at all. no. No. Oh, so when I I
0: just went through all my classes. Okay, like
1: I I was seriously I was dripping when I was sitting through that class. Like my my professor he had a towel to wipe his forehead. Oh, his office doesn't have a fan, doesn't have a window, doesn't even have air conditioning. And that's, those are unworkable conditions.
0: Speaking of hot, sweltering men, we've got a little bit of info on Tom Izzo as he heads into the <laughs> Hall of Fame. Uh, what a great coach and a great man he is. We're going to talk about him and his uh, career here at Michigan State. We're going to do a little bit about the crosstown showdown that took place last night. Case or not last night it was Tuesday night, it was and we'll Tuesday talk about night. that one. Casey was at the game. He'll give you the lowdown on that. We'll talk a little bit about Michigan State's bye week. Uh, it's the NFL preseason, as I mentioned earlier. We'll talk about that. Or not the preseason, the opening game of the year. We'll talk about that. And then we'll give you some about MSU sports around the weekend. We'll close out our show with the hot takes and our picks as usual. Mr. Harrison, give me the lowdown on the Crosstown Showdown first.
1: So the Crosstown Showdown, Tuesday night, the Lansing Nuts hosting the MSU baseball team. Um, it wasn't much of a baseball game, but I believe Lansing won that game 4-1. to uh, but really, I mean, it was the first time they've ever done it in the fall. Uh, so they, they were kind of experimenting. They had a home run derby. That was really. that was an interesting little part. Um, it was only a seven-inning game. Really? Oh, okay, really. Exhibition style. Um, Jake Boss, the head coach, he got to kind of put out um, an more, experimental lineup
0: younger freshman and whatnot.
1: Yeah, so he lost guys like Jordan Zimmerman. He was a junior. Um, How he, big of a loss is that? He very big loss. Uh, probably one of the best hitters I've ever seen at a collegiate level. Uh, he, he was drafted by Anaheim. He was tearing it up for the first part of the summer. and then they moved him up to, I think high class A really? and then he was struggling a little bit. I haven't really followed up on that. But they lose a guy in Chris Simonton, who is their everyday right fielder. Um, He came from Akron. Little-known fact about Akron is he only came to MSU because the Akron baseball team folded. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Cam View, their ace, um, it's going to be hard to replace him. And then they lost one of the most dominant Relief pitchers in all of college baseball. He was an all American Dakota Meckis. He went to a year Chicago Cubs team. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, my Cubs
0: are going to win the World Series. But this they've year, got but a lot
1: of guys returning, too. They've got Marty Bikina, who was right. a freshman last year, who showed a lot of promise. My boy Matt Byers, right? Yeah, uh, Matt Byers, uh, Dan Shemlewski, Chad Roskelly. So they Taylor should make Grace. another push
0: for the Big Ten title
1: again. Um, yeah, I, I think last year they definitely, th- the Big Ten title. At least in the tournament was in their hands, and then they kind of dropped it to Ohio State. Um, what but, about what about Lansing?
0: What, what was the atmosphere like for that game? With good crowd on hand, what was it like? Um, the, the
1: whole crowd was go nuts, go nuts, go nuts, oh, go. Oh uh, <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. I, I don't really know much about the Lugnuts. Uh, I saw that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Oh, was, speaking of catchy songs. Okay, oh, go ahead. Finish what, first. Vlad Guerrero Jr. was in their starting lineup. He was their third baseman. He's, he's a little more uh, chubby than his dad. Oh, no, is he? Yeah, he's, he's a little <laughs> bit bigger. Um, but he, I guess he's a power hitter. He hit a ton of home no, runs this no. year. And then, Well, all right, speaking of their catchy
0: song, I think we'll play that a little bit for you. And then I'm going to ask you a question about it. Because yeah? there's some interesting tweet that you didn't respond to that I tweeted
1: you. Oh, so let me, I, let me, I let was me, a little busy. Let me play this one for the Sorry, people. Sorry,
0: I, I had actual work to do. Let me play this one for the people, and then I'll ask you about it. To say that's probably the worst theme song no. I've ever heard. You you tweeted uh, it's probably one of the catchiest ones you've ever heard, and I tweeted back out you at you because I think you were fanboying a little bit when you said no, earlier I, in the I day like the that nuts, is one though. of the worst ones you'd heard. But you tweeted it's probably one of the catchiest.
1: Once I, it gets stuck in your head, though, you're like lug nuts, lug nuts, lug nuts. Oh, you're, nuts, you're gonna get creamed, nuts, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, you're gonna get <laughs> yeah, creamed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you're you keep gonna get talking creamed. that way. <laughs>
0: So yeah, that that
1: is the lug nuts. That's the crosstown showdown. Um, yeah, back to my. I'm just gonna make one real quick point. I, I like the fact that the crosstown showdown is in the fall because then you get a chance to look at these freshmen. Um, you get guys like Danny Gleaves, Mike Machma, uh, Sam Benscoter, and then. I mean they have a couple more exhibitions uh they'll be playing BYU really and then they have one more I I don't know who it is right off the top of my head but it, it's it's nice I I like pre-season or not pre-season but exhibition baseball in the fall um they, they kind of do it with the football team. Is it better than the NFL preseason? Yes. <laughs> I'll take anything over I can't stand I can't. the NFL. Well, I we'll can't stand the preseason. All right, we'll get we'll get into that
0: one a little bit later. Now it's time to transition to Tom Izzo. Inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, the man has quite the impressive resume, if uh, I mean, all of you listening probably already know. 2000 NCAA National Championship, 7 uh, regular season Big Ten Championships, 5 Big Ten Tournament Titles, 7 Final Four Appearances, 8 National Coach of the Year Awards, and a Big Ten Record. Nineteen straight, nineteen 18, or nineteen straight NCAA tournament appearances with a re- career record of five hundred and twenty-four and two oh five. His wow. seven Final Four appearances rank tied for fifth all time, tied for third among active coaches, and first all time among Big Ten coaches. Uh, he's also coached ten All Americans: uh, Charlie Bell, Mateen Cleaves, Paul Davis. Draymond Green, Gary Harris, Drew Neitzel, Adrian Payne, Morris Peterson, Jason Richardson, and the latest, Denzel Valentine. Uh, he joins in the halls Shaq, Yao Ming, and Allen Iverson, is some of the bigger names among the uh, larger list going into Alan the hall. Allen
1: Iverson hey, has a slight tie to Detroit basketball and Michigan basketball. Right.
0: And those are all names that you would know, and you can argue the merits of, of each one and, and whatnot, and especially Yao Ming, but that's for another day. Um, What do you think is Tom Izzo's biggest legacy in terms of basketball and the MSU community itself, you think?
1: Um, he's definitely gonna go down as probably the best coach in MSU basketball history. Maybe well, Big Ten history. Already, that
0: one's already been a given.
1: Yeah. Um. What, what? I mean, what about Big Ten history? I think.
0: Oh, Big I, Ten history. I, definitely I think he up gets there with Bobby Knight and, and all those guys and
1: um, I mean, Big Ten history. When you think
0: of, of Big Ten and Midwest basketball, it's Michigan State. If if you have a if you have blue bloods in college basketball. Michigan uh, it's State's State. got to be Now, if you're there. talking blue bloods in, in football, obviously not. But if you're talking basketball, but if you're talking overall Michigan State, no. If you're talking basketball, Michigan State is one of the blue bloods, I would have to say. They get the benefit of the doubt quite a bit. And what do you think of Tom Izzo's legacy? I think it's kind of immeasurable in terms of, of what he's done for this community. Because if you, if you think about how many years this football team has just languished behind, and the only thing they had was basketball, and, and at the time, hockey as well. If you don't have basketball, the school's nothing. Yeah. it's, it's a He kept them from going through, I, I think, what you would consider like a, a drought stuff. Like, imagine, like, I'll, let me pick on Washington for a little bit. Football's been down in the dumps for a while, it's now back on the up and coming, but basketball is very, very good. You know, yeah. middle, of the, middle of the grade, Pac 12. And um, the same thing with football. And, and do you hear about them very often?
1: No, not it, really. Would you have
0: heard about Michigan State? like as the school itself as an entity without basketball being as good as it was during football's lackluster times no I don't think so not at all you wouldn't you wouldn't hear anything about Michigan State the school would be irrelevant because we all know athletics uh, you can talk about what what actually drives the community in terms of academics and things like that but Michigan State without its athletics program uh, currently I don't think is successful in the eyes of many and I don't think we we I think what I don't know how many years it's been, but this year I'm pretty sure uh, rates of acceptance not rates of acceptance went up, but in terms of total how many people admission. that went yeah. yeah total admission. I mean it went up when I got here freshman year last year. It was one of the largest classes ever, and, and they I, added and we just keep adding more and more people
1: every I year. I think you can also make the argument that this is, I mean the fact that. The Michigan State basketball program has become one of the biggest in the country. That kind of helped football out, and it's kind of helped all the other sports out. Oh yeah, to th- build up an MSU sports empire. Like right. I, I, think MSU sports as a whole right now is at the top of the mountain.
0: Yeah, and, and I think Izzo's biggest legacy, besides the wins and in the, the championships, is the kind of programs or the kind of influence he has among among those other programs. Like D'Antonio, when he got here. He wanted to beat Tom Izzo mm-hmm. in terms of the successes and the, the postseason success and the championships and all that. And so I think his biggest legacy is going to be his, how he drove uh, everything else in terms of, of other sports and
1: the athletic community here. And, I mean, with that being said, the, the 2000 team, one of the best teams Michigan State will ever have. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think to be one of the greatest coaches ever on a national scale you need at least two national championships.
0: Oh, I could, I can argue and that too. I don't think he's up there with Shishkovsky and one. There's five thousand 5, wins or five thousand wins, wins behind him. He doesn't have that second. Yeah, national title. I mean, he's, I think still, it, I he's think still he's still
1: ten years away to he's still being can, even yeah.
0: relevant to a thousand wins. Um, he, I think he's one of the best coaches of all time.
1: And I think the but loss he, to Middle it, Tennessee State was a black eye, I, and I don't think it'll ever go But it's, not, it's go a blemish
0: away. on his career, though. I don't think...
1: I mean, you would have that much talent, but it's like you get...
0: So, I think you get so many of those chances. You have, what? Tom Izzo was given the benefit of the doubt on every tournament. You just expected them to yeah. get to the Elite Eight almost every year. And so what you're going to have a slip-up, because Bill Self had one. I remember writing in the column after they lost. Bill Self did it. Mike Krzyzewski did it. Uh, Coach K. That is Coach K over there, Mr. Harrison. you oh, got that one wrong yeah. earlier. Um, th- they've done it. And so they've had those losses. They've had to deal with those early exits. And I think that just comes with growing pains and and being a great coach is you learn how to deal with that. So this team, I think that might be the biggest story. If this team wins a national title, you go from one of your best teams. you, you, You go from one of your best teams ever to... Winning a national title with mostly freshmen who are going to play—I I don't know if mostly freshmen are going to start, but they're going to see a lot of time in Miles Bridges. And
1: because I mean, mostly last season it was tailor-made to walk into the final. Four. Oh yeah,
0: they would—they would have had Syracuse, it would have been another easy. They—they they should have reached the final four, and you already knew Middle Tennessee was going to lose, and it was just going to even look worse. And it—it wasn't—it wasn't a happy time, but it
1: doesn't—that might have been the worst loss in Tom Izzo's career. Oh, by far, I think so. Um, I remember w- just walking around on campus that week because everybody. Was we, sad. We, we expected to have couches burning, stuff like that. Right. Nothing. nothing. Total think, silence. I think everybody was, was drunken it, and sad. It, it didn't was almost eerie. <laughs> it was almost eerie. Oh, for
0: sure. And, um, but that being said, like his biggest legacy is going to be what he's left on this community. I think in in the hearts of a lot of people, he's just a great person in general. You kind of wonder why. People like John Calipari and, and other names get in over Tom Izzo, before time is. I don't remember it. Maybe it was a rules thing.
1: I mean, Duke has always been a pretty good program, and but it's Kentucky though. John Calipari is yeah. Kentucky, right? It, but oh, I see what you're Duke, Kentucky, they've the blue bloods that the kind of blue bloods above MSU, right, right.
0: So, um, I think. It's time to move on uh, into um, let's go with some of the NFL. It's the NFL first opening game on Thursday today. We are taping on a Thursday. You're listening to this on a Friday. Game just started too. Oh, did it. Yes, it is 8:04. It's I don't particularly care for the NFL. In general, and I don't particularly care for Thursday night football games. Reminds me of the preseason. Reminds me of watching a, like an Eastern Michigan play a Southern Miss on a Tuesday night. It, they make no sense to me whatsoever. I, if it's just it's more money grab. I get it. That's an escape for the week. But you already have Sunday night and you have Monday night football. I I don't see why you need to play a game on a Thursday. And I don't understand the obsession. You know with the why they NFL. do it
1: though. Why? to feed into the obsession that everybody has. I'm going to let you go on this one. it's, It's to feed into the obsession that the average American, the average sports fan has with football. And you know why they put it on a Thursday? Because what else are you going to do on a Thursday? Nothing. Uh, yeah, nothing. exactly. Because, because what are you going to do? Catch up on Grey's Anatomy on Netflix? <laughs> right. <you>. Are, are, <laughs> seriously. I mean, there's nothing to do on a Thursday. So it's a great marketing tactic. Oh, it's, it's a phenomenal and, and, I marketing mean, thing. As a businessman, Roger Goodell is one of the best. Oh, and, In terms far. of expanding the brand of the NFL, he's done an exceptional job at that. But... I mean, oh god! Don't even get me started with the way he treats the players in the NFL. It's, it's kind it, of it, a
0: bad day if you respect, uh, if you respect women, if you <laughs> the NFL if you is a Respect women, if you like uh, organizations with a moral compass of some po- uh, Sport the opening of the NFL season just is going to bring obviously talking about the NFL nearly every day, like we do. We aren't doing our part to to, <laughs> to quell the NFL. But uh, the NFL, I, yeah, like you said, there, there is an obsession in this country with watching grown men play football, um, especially when you're already 45 and you want to be like those. A lot of those fans live vicariously through it. Like, there's still 40-year-old guys who paint their face for the New York
1: Jets. <laughs> there's 40-year-old guys. You go down to Ford Field down in Detroit, and you, you see grown men with beer guts with their bellies hanging out of the old Calvin Johnson jersey, I, I, and they've got Larry the Lion out yeah, there right. on their, on it, their head. And They've it. got their face painted in Honolulu blue. And I get, like, it's almost... That, that makes you kind of a loser, I it, would almost say. It does. Say. You're a it, grown man. You do are, something more grown, constructive yeah. with your time. Exactly. Like, it, you can follow the NFL, and that's fine. I, it, I really don't follow their, the NFL that much. Yeah. I'll, I'll check headlines every once in a while, but, I mean, right. for the most part... I could care less. I I
0: watch the game. I don't actively root for the NFL. Like, I'm not watching tonight. Obviously, we're taping the podcast. I never watch the Lions. I I
1: don't watch a Thursday night game. The Lions? I I don't think the NFL puts out an entertaining product. No, I think it's
0: compared to college football, if you're going to rank those, oh, by far, college football is the better entertainment
1: product. And, I mean, you could say the same thing about, like, college basketball and the NBA, but I think the NBA is on a much higher level of entertainment than the NFL. The NFL has almost become kind of like I would disagree with reality that, TV with like it's so much drama and everything was pent up into just ESPN kind of exploiting oh, well, everything pander. about they pander to the they masses do.
0: because people need their entertainment and people need their escape and I respect that and if that's the NFL to you I just ask that you be a smart fan about it and you, you don't uh, you don't. They you don't are- root for. I mean, you can root for Ray Rice to make a comeback and, and change his ways, and not or hit Tom his heart. Hard yeah, you can. You can root for those guys to make it. Back. What about Ezekiel Elliott? But like when they do things like that, it's kind of. And then they just.
1: In the NFL doesn't know how to handle it. And then you get guys who are just like, let them play. And that's what makes me mad. You get guys like Ezekiel Elliott who beats his girlfriend, and then two weeks later it's like it never happened.
0: Right. Well, nobody wants to talk about it. Because boys nobody, will be boys. Uh, that's, that's the that's worst. That's the dumbest excuse I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, nobody wants to talk about the NFL's problems because you know what it does? It takes away from what they want, they want the NFL to be clean. You know how many times, like uh, Colin Kaepernick with the situation there, you know how many comments are, you just, you just need to stick to football it like the, you got to be kidding me these people it's not they're and you not know what here they to do? Be, you're not you're not the puppet master playing around with strings so you can watch an entertaining product and you can get your nuts and off going You, go and you know and what that. that same
1: person will say when um something comes out about steroids these people are role models for our kids Oh yeah I remember yeah you have to do more than just we, play football We hold football. them up
0: as, as heroes and, and we want them to be more like but they, when they take a stand or they or, and things like that, and they take a stand or they, they do something bad, and then we, we, when they do something bad, it's always stick to football or they speak out against something that's maybe not popular that nobody really wants to talk about because the truth sucks. Uh, it's always stick to football. And then if it's, um, yeah, like, you know what
1: I'm saying, though? And don't even get me started. The NFL is the most profitable nonprofit I mean, there is. $9 billion a year insane. And then and they then they, don't do they charge anything. the military to have those on field <laughs> oh, little those, those on field little those heartwarming absolute, ceremonies.
0: Like I get like it, it. See, like after finding out, like a lot of those are showcased and whatnot. It takes it makes that you magic sick. Away. Yeah, I, it makes it makes me sick to know that like some or like they sp- pimp out Susan G. The, Coleman. They made the 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 families or the not the families they but make the military the military that's like six hundred
1: thousand dollars I a show i don't
0: understand like I how can you
1: charge the military that much like
0: do it out of your goodness of your heart man. yeah like <laughs> i don't like i don't understand it and especially with a league with it makes billions of dollars a year and they they
1: can't fix their own problem because they're just nice just like and take naps on their dollar bills every day and with the breast cancer awareness yeah it's great but you know how much of that money actually sees uh, research for cancer treatment. What's, what's the figure? Like two percent. Oh Jesus! It's absolutely just disgusting. That is awful. I I don't respect the NFL.
0: It, I mean, I watch the product, but I I don't I don't own a shirt anymore. I don't no. own any Lions memorabilia. The last time I bought anything Lions, I think. I was at I was at Ford Field on a field trip. We we took those all the time in high school. You could take those field trips, and I bought a Thanksgiving. It was like Detroit a Thanksgiving Day tradition, like flat, like towel, and I I just like put it out every Thanksgiving because Detroit and football go hand in hand, especially at Thanksgiving time, right? And so that's but that was the last time I've ever spent money on the NFL, and that was like that was ten dollars because they were trying to they were clearance. I'm trying to to
1: think. I've never owned like an NFL hat. I've never owned. Like a lions or anything kind of jersey nope, or I never shirt. Owned a,
0: I used to. I owned a, a jersey back when I was like six. Oh,
1: last year uh, I I bought a little football at Dick's with uh with a like a lion on it. Right. That's that's about the only thing I've ever and spent I, I used w- to have like towards the do NFL. Do you remember?
0: And... You know, at Kroger when you can get those the football helmets for like like a dollar or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're like they come oh, in those things yeah. that you get them randomly. I remember my dad and I. That was one of my favorite memories. We spent the whole summer. This is back before I knew like anything about the nfl in terms of its inner workings and its business Uh, i remember it's like seven or eight years old we'd go to the every week when i went to kroger with them we'd get one of we'd go out so maybe one or two each time and we'd build try to build up the collection i remember we did it um 32 and i used to pit them together you know i'd set them up like with the games of the day or whatever but that was like the last time i had any good feeling towards the nfl there's nothing uh good about the nfl's business and exactly what it does and you can try and give me figures and things but there's always like you said like you would think those military appreciation things wouldn't cost anybody a dime and the nfl would pay maybe to get those people in there but they don't and they charge the military for them there's something always seems to be shady with the nfl and, and its rules and i'm just not a fan of the nfl's entertainment product that i don't i still don't understand the obsession with it either
1: Well, with that all being said, um, when we get back from this break, we're going to give you our hot takes and we're going to take our picks. But first, let's see what MSU has in store this weekend for other sports around campus. On Friday, the women's soccer team will play Oregon State at DeMartin Soccer Stadium starting at 2 p.m. That same women's soccer team will play U of D Mercy, that is uh, the University of Detroit, on Sunday with game time at 1 p.m. The field hockey team will play Columbia on Friday at 3 p.m., and then also at home on Sunday against Louisville at 2 p.m. Um, headed over to volleyball, the volleyball team is actually headed out to Bowling Green, Kentucky, for the Western Kentucky Invitational. Um, that is a three-game tournament. They will, they will play Cincinnati at 4 p.m., Southern Illinois at 12, uh, That that's noon, and then number 17. Western Kentucky on Sunday at 6 p.m. The men's soccer team will play Rutgers on Friday, um, a struggling Rutgers team. Read that preview up at statenews.com. An article by Isaac Constance. Our good very well Isaac written. Um, he's got MSU winning no problem. That game's at 5 p.m. And then the men's golf team, they travel out to Minnesota for the Gopher Invitational. And those are the sports going on around campus. Um, For more information, go to statenews.com on all of our sports coverage. Now, back to it. These are our hot takes for the week. Stephen, what you got? Michigan State football's biggest weakness is,
0: in fact, not the defensive line. Despite what you may have heard, the defensive line, though it is unproven and inexperienced, the biggest weakness, I believe, for Michigan State football going forward is its offense and its play calling. While it does have adequate running backs and a very adequate quarterback, it doesn't like to take shots down the field. Michigan State's not very good at throwing the long ball. It doesn't really want to try and do it. They're very conservative. And it's not just this year. It's been in the past. How many balls did you see Connor Cook throw for over 40 yards on a street route? Not very many. They're not going to do it with Tyler O'Connor. And in fact, if they can't do it against Notre Dame, they're not going to do it against anybody else. This year, it's going to be short dink and dunk routes that win football, but they might not win as many games as they did last year, especially if they do that. They're not gonna do well with the conservative play calling. That is my hot take for the week.
1: You gotta, you gotta say though. I mean, of course they were gonna be it's conservative first, against it's Furman. It's not even
0: the first game. I'm, did you hear what I said? Yeah. It's no. about the whole, the whole time that I've grown up and watched Michigan say they don't take shots down the field very often. Yeah, not, but it's going to be a detriment this They're going to be they're not going to use it. They're
1: not going to be as conservative as the they were against Furman. Football.
0: And they're not going to do it against Notre Dame. I doubt they take that many I shots think, I the think field. they win the game on a deep ball. You think so? Yes. All right. If I if you you got to right, risk it
1: to get the biscuit.
0: If you are right, I will eat a
1: corner of a shirt. Eat the corner of a shirt. Wow, that's original.
0: Where'd yep. you get that? I, I think this has to be our running bet. We have to eat our shirts. If Okay, well we'll so cut if, up a shirt. If Michigan State it, it's it's such an obscure way to win that it makes sense for me to like throw a bet out like this. Because if you if they win on a long ball, which they're not going to, but if they did on a long ball, it has to be the game winning play. It's be game winning points. Therefore, okay. whatever points put them further enough ahead. So not if like they get up twenty eight nothing and win twenty eight to seven. Because that was and they the final twenty eight was a you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that 14, the one that put him ahead of the seven points, that would have to be the long ball. Yeah. All right. So if we got that one out of the way, Casey, I don't even want to hear your hot take, My and it's probably going to be something. It's going to be more so a rant. A oh, rant. I'll, I'm going to sit um, back it's and gonna let be, you go. It's going to be a I, short rant. I, I want to hear it. Go for but it. But
1: long story short, Roger Goodell is the biggest villain in all of sports, and let me tell you why. Roger Goodell. He's a puppet master, and his toy box is just full of puppets. He gets to do whatever he wants, and he's just this big crybaby that's going to get his way no matter what. Take take Deflategate for example. That was a case that lasted nearly a year and a half because because no, not rightfully so. (laughs) Yes, rightfully so. No. Yes. Tom Brady maybe deflated football. Oh, footballs. he definitely And when you smash your phone, the Okay, bets, that didn't look right. That's, but that's just like did it really change the outcome of the game when New England beat Indianapolis no, and by, like, pro- he's 40? He still cheated. You can't get away with it. I mean, yeah, he cheated, but it didn't change the outcome of the game. That's not New England a, it, was clearly it's, it's, the better team. It's sending team a
0: message that you can't get away with it.
1: Yeah, but he, he wouldn't let it go. Even when it got beat... First, in the Supreme Court, and then it got... It didn't go to the Supreme Court. Okay. Then it got appealed, and then after almost 18 months, then he's like, yeah, I win. I'm the big boy here. Suck it, Tom Brady. And then take the PED thing that happened over the summer. He he almost ruined James Harrison's career, and James Harrison wasn't going to take part in that. And... If he didn't stand up for himself, Roger Goodell would have been the big boy on the block, forcing his players to do whatever he wants. And you know what? He, he never faces any scrutiny for anything. He, he faces it on like a low scale. Like You see local radio guys or local TV guys kind you of guys put him like on us. blast. <laughs> but you'll never have like ESPN. ESPN will never, oh, ever, bought and paid for. ever put Roger Goodell on blast. And, oh my God, we're we're just living in Roger Goodell's toy box. It's his playground. He can do what he wants with it because the average person is so caught up in consuming the NFL and what they put out, then they're willing to do, they're willing to just do whatever the NFL is willing to kind of put out there. Yeah. I mean, the NFL is nothing short of the Jersey Shore. That's that's all they are. It's it's not an entertaining product, but it's a product that's so valuable. It's like a big block of gold, and he's gonna be the commissioner until he makes billions and billions of dollars. He's already a billionaire. Right. Did you know that? Yes, I did. He's uh, for a, a a company that's supposed to be a nonprofit. Like what? <sighs> <laughs> that's a phenomenal rant. I I think that's gonna be our, one
0: of our highlights of the year. And Now.
1: Michigan I stumbled State. a
0: little bit. It wasn't hey, the greatest. Hey, hey, you got through it, and it was pretty good. I don't, I don't think <laughs> yeah. anybody's going to take it for anything worse. And Michigan State's on a bye week this week. We're not really going to touch too much on it. Nothing came MSC out. MSU will the, not win this week. You don't think they're going to beat by? No. no, not going to beat the bye week. No. Uh, the only thing that really came out of D'Antonio's press conference: uh, defensive line coach Ron Burden had emergency surgery on Friday, uh, not specified due to HIPAA laws. Uh, At Davis might should be coming be. back though. And, yeah, and so Ron Burton, uh, they said he's back with the team. He's doing fine. And then, as Mr. Harrison just said, but he didn't let me finish,
1: I Ed jumped Davis. The gun a little bit. Yes,
0: you did. Ed Davis is going, uh, is, ex- D'Antonio is expecting to hear good news about Ed Davis uh, sometime soon. Probably, they said within the week, and that was on Tuesday. It's Thursday. You could hear it tomorrow. Uh, right after, it could be two minutes after this thing is done. They always do it at weird hours. So, Ed Davis will be coming back. They're going to use the bye week to go move on positively. That's MSU football's bye week. Uh, they'll get their freshmen some looks, see who they got a red shirt, all of that jazz. Take a look at our Saturday
1: selection. We're going to start
0: Desmond in the Big Ten here. Let's go with some upsets here. Give it Big fella does it Yeah, Big
1: Fella! And Clemson there all the way around. Are you kidding me? Utah. Texas A&M, Michigan State over Wisconsin. That's what I, do for. I don't know what to say. Looking at your picks, I got a chance to see them before you started. They're awful. Now Normal you know stuff. what time it is.
0: And now it is. Time it's time for the
1: weekly tradition for our the beautiful. Picks. <laughs> I'll it's let you beautiful. take it away. Go for it. So let's start with it. The top five national games in the country: Virginia Tech at. Number 17 and number 14, Tennessee, depending on what poll you look at. Tennessee, the favorite by 11.5 at Bristol Motor Speedway at 8 p.m. Steven, what's it going to be? I don't particularly like NASCAR
0: at all, and I think it's kind of weird that they're doing it at a, a NASCAR track. NASCAR! Yeah, NASCAR. I, I don't like NASCAR. They say what you want about athletes, whatever. Give me Tennessee. I think they bounce back. Give me the volunteers. They bounce back pretty well. Tennessee wins this one rather. I think they beat that by a more than 11 and
1: points. Tennessee looked a little bit shaky in week one against Appalachian state. Um, but Joshua Dobbs and wide receivers, Preston Williams and Ethan Wolf are going to run circles. No pun intended around, uh, <laughs> Virginia tech. So give me the Tennessee football team by a long shot. Game number two of the week, number 13 slash 15 Louisville at Syracuse. Um, Friday at 8 p.m., Louisville favored by 15. Uh, give me the go
0: cards. Cardinals are going to roll. Not a problem. At the Carrier Dome, it's not even a real road
1: game. Uh, Cardinals, big shot, big win. Go cards. The Cardinals, they, they kind of acted like an actual Cardinal, and they they stood up top on a statue and pooped on Charlotte in week one. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Lamar Jackson, he can do it all. He's a quarterback. He he had a 73.9 passer completion percentage. And as a running back, he had 11 carries and... He averaged 10.8 yards with two touchdowns your and pick, six son. touchdowns as a quarterback. Give me the Cardinals. <laughs> Game number three, BYU at Utah. Utah only favored by three points. That game's at 730. What you got, Stephen? This is a
0: big shocker to you. You didn't like it when I told you earlier. BYU with the big win over Utah. I don't care where it is, where it's played. BYU comes out of Provo, goes into Royce Eccles Stadium, lays the the wood on utah comes out with the win byu defense too good
1: this year no no way utah is going to be not only victorious at the end of saturday um they're the best team in the pac-12 they're my favorite to win the pac-12 conference yes wow that's a hot take that is a hot take give me utah give me the utes Game number four, Arkansas at number 15 slash number 12, TCU. TCU, the favorites by 7.5, and, and that game kicks off at 7 p.m. TCU is overrated.
0: You heard it right here. First, give me the Arkansas Razorbacks in a close one. Give me Brett Bielema, everybody's favorite former Big Ten coach, to deliver the upset of TCU. TCU. Well, give Ken- me, I don't even want to hear it. You're going to give me TCU, I already I know. I am.
1: I got TCU. Kenny Hill looked pretty good in frogs. week one. Kenny Trill? Yes. Um, and Arkansas's defense, I mean, it's good, but it's nothing special. It's nothing eye-popping. Give me the Horned Frogs. And then game number five, Mississippi State at, uh, oh, I'm sorry, South Carolina at Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State favored by 6.5. That game's at 7 p.m. I need a bunch of cowbell in my life, so give me the dogs at
0: Mississippi State. Going to roll over South Carolina. South Carolina overrated uh, per usual. So give me That's the Bulldogs. Not even close.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not really going to get into this one too much. Mississippi State's going to roll over. Give,
0: I'll take these Big Ten games over for you. Game number one of the Big Ten slate. Everybody's favorite, Central Florida. Everybody's favorite non-program. <laughs> Central Florida at number five slash number six. Michigan. Michigan favored by 35 and a
1: half. That's a noon kickoff. Harrison, give me the pick. Um, I mean, that game's at the big house. It might as well. The spread might as well be like minus 55 and a half. Give me Michigan by a million.
0: Central Florida blows. Michigan beats that spread by over 35. Not even close. Game number two of the slate: Penn State at Pitt, a rivalry renewed. Pitt gets the advantage, five points, and that's a noon kickoff as usual for that Pitt game at Heinz Field. Give me the pick.
1: I think Saquon Barkley is gonna roll in to Pitt, and he's gonna come out with a win for the Nittany Lions. Gimme Penn State. Oh, uh, while he go, while he's Chan, we are. I'm Chan, we are. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh and
0: Pat Narduzzi, I'm a huge believer in what he is doing over there with that program. Pitt wins this one. PSU still not as relevant as they should be. Give me Pitt. And now game number three, a usual in-state matchup that doesn't rival the one that goes on between Michigan and Michigan State. Iowa State at number 16-10, Iowa. Iowa favored by 15. This is a night game at Kinnick Stadium. Harrison,
1: I know who you got, but give it to me anyway. Give me the Hawkeyes. I don't think they'll have a single problem against Iowa State. N- Iowa channels their inner Michigan
0: State with the national disrespect. Iowa getting that 10 spot in the coaches poll, but 16 in the AP. I don't know where these AP voters are. Te- I wonder about their sanity. I tweeted that out. Give me the Iowa. Iowa wins this one by a big the shot. Hawkeyes. More, Way more than 15, more like 30. Game number four, Cincinnati. Mark D'Antonio's old school. Ooh. At Purdue. Since he favored by six and a half, that's a
1: noon game out in West Lafayette. Who you got? Um, I, I think Purdue goes up late in the game, but they're they're kind of um, choke artists in their own sense. And I think since he comes back and they get the come from behind victory. Gimme the Bearcats. Chugga Chugga Choo Choo. Gimme the Boiler Bakers
0: to leave. <laughs> leave town without a victory in their own hometown. Cincinnati just robs this train blind. Cincinnati wins this one. This Purdue's still not very good. Game number five: North Carolina at Illinois. Illinois not favored in this one. North Carolina favored by seven and a half. That's also a night game out at Memorial Stadium in Urbana-Champaign.
1: Harrison, who you got? I know UNC is favored by 7.5, but Wes Lunt is a decent quarterback. Wes Lunt is the most underrated quarterback in the Big Ten. <laughs> the Just Illini defense—they're gonna get the job done. Illinois is always a sneaky team. They like to upset people. Gimme the Illini in Champagne. I—I I too am buying into the Lovey Smith hype
0: and what he is doing in turning around that program. I picked them finished to finish third in the Big Ten West. That will probably not change, unless it goes down. Illinois. I love Lovey Smith. Give me U of I lovey and a lovey. big win over North Carolina. That kind of puts them back, not in relevance, but into the little pick. And now we've got everybody's bonus pick of the week. Last week we both picked right at Western Michigan and Northwestern. Both of us picked the uh, Broncos to row the boat all over Northwestern. So this week's bonus pick, we stay in the state again. CMU, Central Michigan University, Chippewas at Oklahoma State. Uh Neither of us really particularly care for Central too much uh, besides football. So, Harrison,
1: give me the pick. Um, CMU isn't going to have a chance against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is number 22 in the country. Um, I got a little nasally. I'm sorry about that. But (laughs) (laughs) Oklahoma State's going to beat down on the Chippewas. Harrison's got a lot of friends
0: up in Central Michigan. However, I can't side with him on that one. Uh, Grit your teeth over there, buddy. Uh, Oklahoma State... Uh, rolls this one. However, this time was last time last time it was close, these two played it really weird. It's I don't not gonna know why close. it's not gonna be close it's not this not time. Be close number at two, all. Oklahoma State or not number two, number twenty two, Oklahoma State, puts the beat down on the Chippewa's, and that will do it for our picks. Last week I, we should we should have went back and start, found this one. You gotta keep start keeping count. We'll bring you the last two weeks record after this week finishes out. And on Monday we'll talk about that. That is all for our show. Final thoughts, Mr. Harrison.
1: Uh, well, remember, guys, I'm going to do a little bit of selfless uh, or selfish.
0: Self, yeah. yeah. yeah Don't get selfish. those mixed up. Selfish
1: um, promoting. Remember to follow us on Twitter at S. and at C. Harrison T. S. N. And then remember to follow our sports page at the News underscore sports. Um, remember to follow us on SoundCloud, the state news. Like our Facebook page. It's just the State News. Um, and tell your friends. Tell your loved ones. Tell everybody about us. Um, we're trying to grow our brand. I think we've done a relatively good I job think we, so we, far. we keep
0: improving. Also, I want to put in a plug for our, our wonderful manager, our general manager, Marty. Uh, Marty, Surgeon. we love Marty. We, we do love Marty. She wanted us to plug the book that State News has. Uh, it highlights D'Antonio's career and, and everything you can pick reaching it up higher uh, reaching higher yes and you can pick it up at walmart or at some of the schuler books uh located in the east lansing I area greater than meyer area. as well you can pick it up at meyer michigan state uh on mark d'antonio that are our is our show for the day our friday it's gonna be a good weekend of college football casey and i traveling to notre dame next friday we'll have the show still for you we'll see you on monday
1: All right, everybody. Actually, we'll see you on Tuesday. Oh, that is right. I'm still stuck in that mode. I didn't prep. (laughs) My name is Casey Harrison. That's Stephen Olshansky. And we will see you on Tuesday.